You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Step onto the sexy streets of animal attraction that is New York City. Welcome to Pets in the City, Life in the Urban Jungle. Join host Diane West as she explores the exciting lives, loves, and laments of the people and pets in the world's greatest city. Pets in the City, like the city itself, has something for everyone. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So get ready to get dressed to the canines and take a bite out of the Big Apple with your Pets in the City host, Diane West. Hello, cyber cats, kittens, and critters. This is Diane West, and I am ecstatic to bring you the very first episode of Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio. And I want to thank Pet Life Radio for giving us the opportunity to bring this show to you. I am beyond excited. My name is Diane West, and I am publisher of New York Tales Magazine, the magazine for the people and pets in New York since 2002 and really our mission is to tell people about the wonderful people and pets of what I consider the greatest city in the entire universe. So without further ado let me tell you who we have lined up for our very first show. Our first show is going to feature wild man Steve Baldwin uh, otherwise known as the wild parrot man of Brooklyn and he has been tracking wild parrots, that's right, wild parrots in Brooklyn for several years now. And he has such fantastic stories on how they got here in the first place. You'll never believe it. Some people still don't. What their complex relationship to the community is and um, what the future may hold for them. We will also be followed by interviews with stars of such hit TV shows as House and Bones and also the former president of Def Jam Records, Russell Simmons, who all have very interesting insights on, uh, let's see, what one of them would do if they were alone in a room with a dogfighter. Uh, I'm not going to tell you which one it was, but uh, you'll listen. Another one told us some interesting views they had on vivisection. Again, very intriguing. And lastly, some views on animal cruelty and uh, what can be due to address this heartbreaking problem. So again, thank you very much for tuning in. I am excited to be here with you. And we will be right back and starting our show. Thanks. All right, this is my stop, Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the City will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, 
Fido Friendlies, the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Pick up something unique at a Bone to Pick Dog Boutique. A Bone to Pick has cool hip fashions for big and small dogs that will have their tails wagging in style. Cat products too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Check out our eco-friendly pet products and gifts for humans too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get your pet's mouth watering monthly with our Gourmet Treat of the Month Club. And join a Bone to Pick's free birthday club for your puppy. A-B-O-N-E dash to dash p-i-c-k dot com pick up something special for your best friend at a bone to pick a-b-o-n-e dash t-o dash p-i-c-k dot com get 10% off with coupon code petlife want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast mice krispies of course learn everything there is to know about cats on catitude with your host tom doc each week we'll spotlight a cool cat breed give up-to-date advice on cat health and check out spiffy new cat products so curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on catitude every week on demand only on petliferadio.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties. Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? Hello, Diane West here from Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio, and I am with a real urban bird, shall we say, uh, Steve Baldwin, who is otherwise known as a, the wild bird man, wild Quaker man of uh, Brooklyn. Uh, what other kind of names have you had, Steve? Uh, well, uh, the parrot guy. They, they, they call all oh, the parrot guys here, you know, they... Uh I don't know what else they call me. Uh, Birdman is, is a good is a good way to address me. That's what my boss calls me. <laughs> okay. So now, actually, now what, what Steve does is he runs monthly free wild parrot safaris right here in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, um, primarily near Brooklyn College area, which is also called Flatbush. Um, and then there's the optional second half of the tour, which goes to uh, Greenwood Cemetery, correct? That's right. The first Saturday of every month. Uh, we do this tour and uh, it's free uh, folks come uh, a lot of folks come from Manhattan because they've never seen wild parrots there aren't too many in Manhattan but I've had folks come down actually from as far away as Canada to see these wild parrots so there's a certain number of real hardcore birders and parrot fans who will travel thousands of miles to see these uh, uh, these strange green birds that inhabit uh, Brooklyn and, and also Queens and uh, there's some in New Jersey but as far as we know the parrots kind of got their start in New York City in Brooklyn and uh, the story is that back in the late 1960s a shipment of them that was being sent through the airport uh, there was some kind of an accident or someone opened up a crate perhaps uh, believing there was something valuable in there and uh, there was something valuable in there but that cargo had wings 
then they just took off and no one paid them much attention uh, until um, a few years later when they said, well, this is not right here. I mean, they're not supposed to be green birds yakking and, and, and squawking out here in Brooklyn. And they started investigating it and they found that uh, these were uh, wild Quaker parrots from Argentina and from South America. And lo and behold, they decided to not just stay in the borough, but actually begin constructing these uh, very impressive nests made out of twigs that, are, that almost look like kind of sculpture built by, by animals. Now, it's really amazing because Steve has really gotten an eye, an eagle eye, some might say, for these structures. And um, we were with him actually last week at Greenwood Cemetery, which uh, has absolutely gorgeous uh, Gothic structures um, where the parrots build these large nests that um, Steve was just describing. And we're also now just walking around the area of Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, and um, we're actually sitting right under a um, another nest. Uh, so again, how, so how far away are we from Brooklyn College, where we are right now? Well, it's a good question. Uh, it, we're, we're probably two or three miles from Brooklyn College, and we're probably about two miles from uh, Greenwood Cemetery. And both of those locations are kind of the main wild parrot colonies in Brooklyn. But you know, of course, the parrots are air mobile, and so it's probably only a five-minute flight if you're a parrot, and you, you know you can just go direct. And so there have been satellite colonies that have grown up uh, around the two main colonies. Uh, this particular colony uh, is in Bay Ridge. There's a small colony in Red Hook, um, colony uh, uh, down in Sheepshead Bay in Canarsie. So the parrots definitely get around. And the nest we're looking at uh, right now is a nest that's built on a, uh, a power transmission line uh, right underneath a, uh, a transformer. And, and this kind of nest actually is, is a major headache for Con Edison because Theoretically, uh, the uh, parrot's uh, nest may interfere with the operation of the transformer, could possibly cause it to overheat. But for reasons which remain unexplained, Con Ed has not disturbed this nest. And, and, and actually, I, I prefer not to say where this nest is because I don't want to tip them off. <laughs> <laughs> so from an undisclosed location, we are observing this nest. Now, Steve, can you tell us a, a little bit about the um, background of the uh, kind of complex relationship, uh, if you will, between between the parrots and um, the uh, electrical companies. Now, Con Ed is, of course, the um, main power supplier here in New York. Um, so if you could tell us a little bit of the background there. I know, for example, there was a point in time where Con Ed was criticized, um, but then they're for removing this, but then their retort was that, well, they're causing fires. Can you give us a little bit of background about that? Right. The notion that these nests cause fires is, of course, very, very troublesome. I uh, actually am not familiar with any reports that I deem reliable that, that have attributed any fires to the parrots. Um, but it is true that when you have a structure like this up on an electrical line, I mean, it is a possible hazard, and it's certainly a maintenance headache. I mean, if the linemen have to go up there and fix that wire or, or try to maintain that transformer, I mean, it's going to be a big headache. And so my attitude toward the utility companies is, well, I mean, it, th these nests do create a nuisance. These are your lines. Um, you know, your responsibility is to the shareholders and rate payers in, in the county or in the area that you're operating in. But um, what I try to advise them of is that, well, 
take the nest down, but please don't kill the birds. And, and Con Edison, uh, to its credit, does not kill the birds. They just remove the nests, and in many cases, the birds come back and rebuild. It's kind of like a, a never-ending Cold War between Con Ed and the parrots, and, and uh, my hope is that they, like another utility company, PSE&G in New Jersey, will work more closely with uh, folks like myself, but also, I mean, there are many folks who are interested in, in trying to provide a solution to this problem, which namely is to provide kind of alternative nest facilities uh, that will be attracted to the parrots that aren't uh, delivering any kind of electrical power. So to, I'm giving you a long answer to a short question, but basically when the parrots started showing up in the 70s, the big fear about them was that they would multiply and then decimate agriculture. They would have this tremendous impact on our uh, agricultural economy. And for that reason, they're, they're illegal in, in a number of agricultural states, including Pennsylvania, California, and even New Jersey, which has a big agricultural economy. But the parrots have never done that. I mean, there's never been a single reported case of them coming in and clearing out an apple orchard or cornfield. At least in, in North America, there isn't. But the fact that they do like to build their nests in power infrastructure, that is a genuine concern. And that's why they're really more of a nuisance than they are a hazard and, and I certainly don't think that they're you know a potentially dangerous species or, or one that's worth banning the way they have been in, in certain states. But again, I, I understand why states have to be careful. We do have a lot of invasive creatures, including some really bad ones, like the Asian longhorn beetle, which will just kill trees by the thousands. So, you know, I'm not against caution, but I do think the kind of hysteria that has accompanied the parrot's appearance in North America is uh, is misplaced. And, and really, you know, they, they haven't caused any agricultural damage, no environmental damage. They're friendly to the other birds that live here. And and, um, yeah, they do cause a little bit of an annoyance to the utility companies, but that, I think, can be handled in a, in a humane way. Now, how important would you say the affection that Brooklynites have had for the birds has been in terms of uh, Con Ed and other city facilities um, trying to work humanely with the birds? Well, it's been pretty important uh, because uh, a few years ago, Con Ed decided to kind of unilaterally, without consulting the community, they just came in and removed all of the nests in one fell swoop um, at a location very near Brooklyn College called Avenue I. And, and the, uh, that event really caused the, the, the neighborhood to uh, come together and protest, and there were a lot of letters sent and meetings attended, and uh, ultimately um, Con Ed did decide to involve the community when they decide to do something like this. So conversely, if there are people in the neighborhood, it only takes one or two people really, who really don't like the parrots. And, and uh, you know, apparently they're, they're people just in the same way that people fear dogs and they fear cats. There's some people who just fear birds. And, you know, when you've got a wisecracking green parrot coming up to your window, it causes some people to freak out. And, and so there have been cases where they've just called Con Ed and they've called Verizon or whoever... Uh, was was in charge of the polls, and they just said, remove these parrots right now. And they've done that. So the answer is, I mean, if the community likes the parrots, or at least a majority of the community likes the parrots, they'll do pretty well. But if the community, you know, really doesn't want them, doesn't appreciate them, fears them, then they're not going to stay. You know? Now, here in Brooklyn, however, um, and, and forgive, the, uh, forgive the turn of phrase here, but the parrots really have had some friends in rather high places. Um, I know um, Brooklyn Borough President 
President Marty Markowitz has actually been very vocal about protecting of the parrots. And then um, you were actually witness to very interesting removal, delicate removal of the parrots from Throgs Neck Little League. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what Marty said and then I guess maybe a little bit of background of the uh, great Quaker parrot removal of uh, Throgs Neck? Sure. Well, yeah, Marty uh, Markowitz has been a, uh, a great friend of the parrots in Brooklyn and I think it's it's just because Marty has a, a very highly developed sense of what makes Brooklyn special. But also, Marty actually has a parrot and so he, he kind of automatically sided with our cause and he kind of got involved with this because a couple of years ago we had this very unfortunate situation where there were a couple of guys who were going around and they were actually stealing the parrots. And, you know, and Marty went on record. He said, you know, uh, uh, you're not a real Brooklynite if, if you're going to steal these wild green parrots who have come a long way to make Brooklyn their home, just like, you know, all the immigrants that came before. So Hands off of our boys. Exactly, exactly. These are, you know, they've earned their green cards for green birds and so forth. So, so so Marty's been a big help. The the um, the situation in Throg's Neck, uh, up in the Bronx, we were very lucky because one of the people who works for the New York City Department of Design and Construction, uh, Barry Schwartz, runs a, a, a parrot refuge, and he uh, was very, very helpful in terms of bringing rescue groups into the decision, into the actual operation. It was sad because the city had to remove these nests at a time when there were about 50 babies in there. And, and it was a cause of great concern. We really tried to have that removal timed in a way so that that wouldn't happen. But the city being this vast machine, I mean, they had the money, they had the authorization, they had to do the work, and so they did it. So so fortunately, we were able to rescue uh, about 50 of these baby Quaker parrots, and, and uh, we couldn't re-release them because we were afraid that they wouldn't be able to survive once the connection with their parents was broken. So it was heartbreaking. We really wanted to you know, bring them back into the same neighborhood because the residents really wanted them back. But right now, they're, uh, these uh, babies are, are well, about one year old, and they're up in a converted chicken farm in Rhode Island, and they're having a pretty good life. But that was an instance in which the, um, the folks who were doing the teardowns, doing the removals, brought in the community. They brought in the experts. They brought in the folks who could really uh, handle it. And it was a success story. Uh, not a bird was harmed. Not an egg was, was broken. And, you know, my wish is that um, utility companies uh, do the same thing. And uh, PSE&G in New Jersey has done the same thing. They are, you know, uh, aware that... Uh, uh, you know, from time to time, the nests have to be taken down. And they bring us in and they say, look, we're doing these removals now or we're doing them in four weeks or whatever. Is this okay? And do you want to be on hand? And, and sometimes we say, well, can you wait or can you do it earlier? And they listen to us. So, so that's not, you know, I don't think that's a whole lot to ask of a big, powerful utility company that, that you know, has resources to just listen to us. Because, again, they're in the power business. They're not in the bird business. And, um, and then there's also the situation up in Connecticut where, we have a, a utility company, United Illuminating, which a few years ago just unilaterally, again, without without even announcing it to the community, they just decided to start removing nests. And 
even more troublesome uh, or even more troubling, they, they started to kill the birds. So that created a firestorm. Of, they actually started to kill the birds. Yeah, they were turning the birds over to the USDA, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which has, a, you know, it's horrible, but they have a, a mobile gas chamber just for the purposes of, of killing certain animals that are that are uh, labeled as pests. Now, didn't people offer to say, look, I'll, I'll take the birds, I'll foster them? Uh... The, the community was never given that option. They came in in the middle of the night, they didn't want anyone to know about it, and uh, they started killing them. And it was only because a few people who were literally living next to the where the birds were, who had kept an eye on them, I mean, one woman ran out and hugged the pole, and she was hysterical, and they actually wound up carting her away and putting her in a police car and arresting her, and it was only because they didn't advise her of her rights that they, you know, had to let her go, but it caused a very, very ugly situation. There was a lawsuit filed, but that's what happens, or that, that's what can happen when utility companies decide to, well, you know, well, we're just going to do what we're going to do. We're not going to tell anybody. We hope no one discovers it, and uh, we'll do it in, in the middle of the night when no one's watching. So so I was very troubled by that, and I'm certainly not the only one um, who was. And, and hopefully they've learned their lesson, but, you know, again, it's a situation worth watching. These parrots have no protection. They're not, uh, in fact, they kind of have negative protection. I mean, they're labeled a potentially dangerous species or an illegal uh, or invasive species. And, you know, language is very important. Uh, if you call something an invasive species, everyone will say, oh, my God, this species is going to be dangerous, bird flu. But they're not. I mean, they're certainly an introduced species, but... If you look at the birds that are living in Brooklyn and in other cities, they're all introduced. I mean, the pigeons were introduced, the starlings, the sparrows. There are very few birds living in urban areas that were here at the time of the Mayflower, you know. Now, the Brooklyn parrots obviously have certainly, uh, at the very least, caused a lot of uh, various uh, emotions to to bubble up for the surface, Uh, supporters, detractors, however. Now, um, but from what I understand, they've also now gone high. Hollywood, which I, I understand you were kind of ecstatic about and kind of a, a little bit uh, wary of. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, I believe that it was a CSI episode? Oh my goodness, yes. Well, I started getting email. I don't have a television and I don't, I don't watch uh, network television, but I started to get this flurry of email, I guess it was two weeks ago, and it, it was the parrots are appearing on CSI New York. you got to tune in. And I actually wound up watching the episode on, online later on, and, and the the story was that uh, the NYPD is hunting down the taxicab killer, and the taxicab killer wraps his victims in this tarp, this kind of rubber tarpaulin. And in this episode, they find that there's a piece of bird guano on the tarpaulin, and of course they send it to the state-of-the-art CSI crime lab, and they you know put an electron microscope on it, and they say, "My God, this is not pigeon guano. It belongs to the rare Quaker parrots native to Argentina, but also they live in Brooklyn." So you know it goes on and they, I don't know, they wound up capturing the, the taxi cab killer, but the parrots caused this break in the case. And so there's a scene in the episode where they uh, they go out and see the parrots and they look up and there are a whole bunch of parrots up in a tree, but uh, doing my own forensic analysis of that photograph, those were not real Brooklyn parrots. Those were kind of parrots they hired from some um, exotic bird vendor in Hollywood. So Scab parrots. It was a big letdown. I mean, I think they should have at 
least sent a, uh, a second unit to Brooklyn to film the Parrots. But on the other hand, I mean, I'm glad the Parrots are solving crimes, and, you know, for the NYPD, because this burnishes their image and, and makes more people think of them as valued members of, of the community here in Brooklyn, not these horrible illegal avians that everyone's so afraid of. So again, if you guys uh, who have watched that CSI episode, um, you can actually see the real true-to-life, beautiful Quaker parrots. They, they really are quite cute. Um, I just actually just saw one uh, up close um, just uh, about an hour ago. Um, they have green feathers and um, beautiful white crest and, and absolutely beautiful color blue feathers in their wings as well. So if you want to actually see them in person, uh, definitely join Steve on one of his uh, free monthly Wild Quaker Parrot Safaris um, near Brooklyn College. And you guys meet uh, once a month at about 12 in front of uh, Brooklyn College, correct, Steve? Right. The tour runs in two sections. We have a, a noon to approximately 2 o'clock section, which is at Brooklyn College. And then we have uh, an optional second section that begins around 2.30 and goes until around 4, and that's at Greenwood Cemetery. So you can show up for the first section, and uh, if you haven't seen your fill of parrots or if you kind of get bitten by the, the wild parrot bug, you can tag along for the second section, or you can just show up for the second section. It's up to you. So then you can find out exactly um, how to get there uh, by logging on to Steve's website, which is brooklynparrots.com. So all one word, brooklynparrots.com. And uh, while you're there, uh, also see um, Steve is a man of many talents. There's absolutely breathtaking photography that he, he does of the parrots. You can almost hear what they're saying. Um, they're very expressive. And uh, he, he's becoming a, a YouTube uh, bit of a minor celebrity on YouTube there. And um, and we will also be hearing Steve's very unique Ballad of the Brooklyn Parrots song. Yes, I, uh, I decided to write a Ballad of the Brooklyn Parrots because I wanted... Well, I was afraid if I didn't do it, someone else would come along. Someone who sounded more like Bob Dylan would come along and, and write this very, very somber, dirge-like tune. And so I wanted to kind of make it an upbeat uh, song, you know, a little bit funny. Uh, they're mighty loud and they're mighty raucous. The scientists call them myopsidomonacus. I don't think anyone's ever made that rhyme before. I, I was going to say to you, you know, kudos to you just to get those two, something to rhyme with that word. It took a lot of work to get that to rhyme to work, but... Uh, yeah, it's a two-minute uh, opus to the uh, uh, remarkable wild parrots of Brooklyn. And, and you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I've gotten thousands and thousands of, of viewers and listeners. and uh, But that's probably because it's for free. You know, I don't charge anything. So uh, free is good. And uh, we're all the YouTube celebrities, uh, uh, I suppose. Well, again, thank you, Steve, for uh, taking me on this mini tour here in the undisclosed location of Brooklyn. I'm looking right at one of the uh, very uh, intricate nests. Uh, they really are master builders. And again, visit Steve's website at brooklynparrots.com where you'll see all sorts of goodies, uh, pictures, videos, Steve's blog. And, of course, we're going to be hearing Steve's song, The Wild Quaker Parrots, Ballad of the Brooklyn Parrots. Ballad of the Brooklyn Pirates. Yes, indeed. So, uh, thanks again, Steve. We'll talk to you soon. My pleasure, Diane. I got some news for you, baby, and it might not be so good. There's a navy and invader in the neighborhood. Yeah, there's little green parrots from the Argentine. Mixing nuts so high in the power line. 
It happened back in 1968 A bunch of Paris rookies It's from a shipping break And they're all over the borough You can see them in the air Little green birds They just don't care All right, this is my stop, Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the City will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagatonic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. With your groovy host, pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties. Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? Hello, and you are here with Diane West and Pets in the City. We are in the glamorous ballroom of Cipriani Wall Street. And I must tell you, if you have never been here before, it is absolutely astonishing to be here. Um, It is truly being like on a Hollywood movie set from the 1950s. And I am surrounded by a uh, literal glittering universe of uh, very notable celebrities. I'm standing right next to Russell Simmons right now. I'm standing next to people from uh, the uh, hit show Bones and House and uh, Loretta Swit from MASH. And uh, it's quite surreal. So let's see if we can get some of them to talk to us, shall we? Hold on. I'm Diane West from uh, Pet Life Radio, Pets in the City. Hi. And um, I just wanted to... I'm recording, guys. Yes. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to um, ask you, as uh, Bones on, on the hit TV show, Bones, um, do you see any parallels between...
with the dog fight. We'll find out who is the person that runs the dog fighting ring. And I, I was like, why am I not punching this guy? I gave him a look and I kind of, uh, I should get that now, but, um, but I didn't get to punch him. I wanted to, but I might punch him in another scene. I don't know.
one dog and one cat now because they're, they're dying off. But they were old. So. What, what's the ones of your current babies? Uh, I have a 17-year-old cat and a 17-year-old dog. Oh, wow. So that's a good age. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much. And, and can you give us uh, any sneak preview of what we might be seeing on uh, House next season? Well, I don't animals? really know. <laughs> I don't really know because I haven't seen much of next season script-wise. Um, but it'll be a, a really interesting beginning. The whole House's relationship with Wilson is really uh, under fire at the moment. Great. Thank you very much. This is a Pelham Bay Parkbound. Six local trains. All right. This is my stop. Commercial Boulevard. Yeah, that's funny. Pets in the City will be back in a New York minute. Don't go anywhere. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, all you yuppie puppies and city kitties, Pets in the City is back with more urban animals and cool cosmopolitan critters. Try saying that three times fast. Right, Diane? Wow, I can't believe we're out of time already. I have had such fun broadcasting this first episode of what I hope will be many of Pets in the City on Pet Life Radio, and have had such a pleasure talking with Steve Baldwin, the wild parrot man of Brooklyn. Definitely check out his website and take out a virtual tour at www.brooklynparrots.com, and you will see what these wonderful birds actually look like. And if you are in the New York tri-state area, definitely check out when his next monthly free tour is. You really will be amazed to see these beautiful green birds descend from the skies of of Brooklyn. It's very unexpected and very delightful. We'd also like to thank our celebrity guests for speaking with us at the Farm Sanctuary event that was down on Cipriani Wall Street. Uh, Farm Sanctuary, again, is a group which concerns itself with the rights of animals who live on what is described as factory farms and and sometimes under extremely brutal conditions. You could check out their website at www.farmsanctuary.org. And we thank them for letting us take part in that evening. And especially we thank the guests that were there who took the time to speak with us. Russell Simmons, whom everyone knows is media mogul and um, many consider the father of hip-hop. And 
has then branched out in, into many other successful business endeavors and uh, I believe was named one of the 25 most influential people in the last decade. So he's a very interesting guy. We also spoke with the beautiful Emily Deschanel, who plays Temperance Brennan on Bones, and she gave us some candid insights as to what her character, at least, would do with um, a dogfighter if she encountered one. And, uh, of course, we also spoke with Lisa Edelstein, the foil to Gregory House on the hit show House, and um, she also had some very interesting things to say about uh, medical research and animals. So I hope you found all of these as interesting as we did, and again, we hope to bring you many more episodes like this, but in order for me to do that, I need to hear from you. So, in the words of our iconic former mayor, Edward Koch, how am I doing? Let me know. I've lived here all my life, guys. I know that you're not shy about expressing your opinions, good, bad, ugly, and otherwise. So write to me in my email box, which is diane at petliferadio.com. And again, we're being brought to you by Pet Life Radio. The main website is www.petliferadio.com. And we'd love to thank them for giving us the opportunity to bring this show to you. Once you're at the website, definitely check out all the other hosts there as well. They are all tops in their field, birds, cats, dogs, and you will learn a great deal, and I'm honored to be among them now. So again, please write us. This is Diane West. I am the publisher of New York Tales magazine. Our website is www.newyorktales.com. We are published four times a year, spring, summer, fall, and winter. If you'd like to get a copy of our magazine, just log on to our website and follow the easy, I hope easy, directions. And Or, like I said, write to me here at diane at petliferadio.com. Thanks a lot, and I am so looking forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of a big apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.